Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, welcome to the Horticulture Week podcast. I'm Horticulture Week editor Matthew Appleby, and today I'm with Walter Zeke, Phil Griffiths, and Jan Willem Waringa from Desh Plant Pack. Now, Desh Plant Pack manufactures thermoformed pots and containers, transport trays, ceiling trays, transplant trays, and bedding packs. And today we're going to be covering topics around sustainability in horticulture. But first of all, Phil, I just wanted to ask you, I heard that um, you love the industry so much that at one point you were running a pub, but you felt the draw of horticulture so much you got back into it. Is that correct? You shouldn't go believing everything you hear, Matt. The, indeed, I was running two pubs in, in one time. I called it my time in the wilderness. <laughs> uh, and some people would say some people never learn. So here, here I am for four and a bit years, I think, now back uh, in horticulture with, with Dash. Well, it's great that you're around. Now, Jan, I wanted to ask you, can you give us a bit of background on the company? Um, what, do you, what do you do? Yeah, no. First of all, thank you for having us on this podcast. Uh, a first for us, so uh, we're, uh, we'll, we'll do our best. Um, yeah, Dash Plant Pack has a long history. I mean, uh, today we are a group of six factories, uh, one in the lovely UK, of course, uh, which has a, a history of at least 30 years. Uh, we have now four factories in the Netherlands. Uh, and since the IPP acquisition, we have a factory in Poland too. So uh, six factories, uh, over 300 employees, um, and we're fully dedicated to the uh, horticulture industry. Great. Excellent. That's a good bit of background. Now, I wanted to ask, in 2018, plastics rose right up the news agenda with David Attenborough, Blue Planet 2, and um, that made some big changes in the industry. So, um, um, Walter, what what happened with DESH at that point? What What did you do to sort of react to that? Well, actually, we uh, did start a little bit earlier than Attenborough on the on the topic of uh, of plastics. 
a long time ago, almost at the same time, both in the UK and in Holland, we started thermoform flower pots by using half the weight of the material, still having a very good product that performs well in horticultural automation, the total growing process, etc., etc. So we did cut down 50% back then already. Um, and it turned out to be um, the industry standard at a later stage when everybody more or less copied what we did. So all the competitors in the market or colleagues in the market now more or less do the same, same thing. So we are down to the minimum of material and of the material that we use, um, the vast majority is recycled material and has been recycled material for a very long time already. Um, lately, the scenery is changing a little bit from, um, let's call it all kinds of industrial waste um, to more selected waste sources, such as post-consumer waste, uh, material that has been thrown away at home, uh, being picked up uh, again and processed into a new and good source for, uh, for new products. And that's what we use more and more and more, but also based on post-industrial uh, materials, um, all, all um, with full certification that it can actually be, uh, be recycled and that it can be detected in, um, in uh, waste separation by, uh, by near-infrared. So we're going more and more into the direction of actually closing uh, the full loop that we can really reuse the material that we put in the market ourselves. Brilliant. It sounds like you're well ahead of the game there. But in 2020, obviously, COVID pandemic hit the world and the plastics issue in horticulture kind of went down the, the agenda and the whole sustainability issue went down the agenda. So... How do you bring that back up the agenda? I, mean, I don't know who wants to sort of address that one. I, I mean, I, I don't think it ever went away. I mean, in, in building to what Walter uh, said about, you know, the history and where we are, uh, you know, the, 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 the whole image of plastic, of course, you know, uh, uh, got under, under pressure, which was frustrating for people like us who had think we were doing a great job using recycled material. And now we've made the switch to the newer products that we're going to talk about. I mean, 2020, of course, Corona, we had other worries, but in the, we, we never stopped the transition. Um, so if you look at the new products that we've developed, DTAC, DTAC Plus and Recover, I mean, today they are now 70, 70% of our sales of Thermopod. I mean, it's an incredible transition that just kept going despite COVID. No, that's brilliant. Can you tell us a bit more about those new products? Yeah, so, you know, uh, you refer to 2018, um, you know, uh, sort of looking in the mirror, we're doing already a great job because our products are made of recycled material. Well, first of all, a lot of customers, growers didn't even know about it. So we had to do a better job explaining that to them. So it's on all of our boxes now. We put uh, recycle messages, uh, which I think is a good thing. Secondary, two things happened. We made our products better detectable in the waste recycling stream, DTAC, DTAC Plus. And then we have another, you know, Rolls-Royce product, which is called Recover, which is made from certified post-consumer waste. Great. Okay. Um, now, on, looming on the horizon in the UK, Phil, is possible future legislation, which may be a threat to um, the industry, maybe around 
taxes? Is there, is there any, anything on the, on the horizon there which you're worried about? I think it's something that we're we're very mindful of all the while, and 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 which is why we have invested so much time and money in into the new um, uh, future models, if you will, with with as as Jan has just said, the the the, the new uh, formulations, detectability in the plastic, um, but it is all about trying to educate as much the retailers as it is the buying consumers um you know a, a lot of this development and the and the seed change really took place first here in the UK um and was raised by one of our largest supermarket customers um and at that point it really wasn't that self-evident in, in mainland Europe at that point um other than of course the supply chain in from uh, the continent into the UK, multiple retailers, the supermarkets. Um, so I think it is it's something whereby it has even changed from the days of, oh, taupe is the new black uh, scenario that was put out there. I mean, we sell way, way, way more terracotta and grey than we sell taupe. And... The, the resulting factor is um, it is still detectable. It is still separatable as far as uh, the flotation is concerned. So our material floats to the surface when it is being sorted through the recycling plants in the water tanks. So uh, it, is, it, it, it is kept completely uh, clean and, and separate from all the stuff that goes to, to landfill. Um, so I think we are always mindful uh, of of what's happening and and the taxation rules uh, when they come in. I think you know plastic has a very vital role still to play within horticulture, not only just with pots and containers, but throughout the the industry. And I think we just have to make sure that our act is as clean as it can be. Um, it's ironic in some ways that in my past history um, working uh, with Meredith nurseries, for example, in the dim and distant past, uh, when I was dim and it was distant, um, <laughs> was that plant pack, as, as we were referred to in those days before the, the DASH involvement, were always classed as, oh, you don't want to buy pots from plant pack. There's too much recycled material in there. Really? How ironic in 2021 that in those days we were keeping, you know, we weren't publicizing the fact that we were using recycling because it was seen as very much a negative. Uh, and as Wouter said, we were really there at the outset leading the way uh, by using so much of a recycled content. Now, talking of um, the recycling and, and the black plastic, um, a couple of years ago, we did a couple of surveys with local authorities in the UK, we looked at 100 of them, and most of them, about 88%, I remember, said that they wouldn't pl uh, recycle plastic plant pots, no matter what colour they were, which came as a bit of a surprise to me and to, and to everyone else. Do you know if that's changed at all, Phil? Very little, very little. There was a BBC documentary, Dispatches documentary, and it was a, a local council uh, uh, to our factory, Southend-on-Sea, uh, and they were saying that 45% of their recycling 
So 45% of the, the stuff that they've collected and consumers have selected to be recyclable went for incineration. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I, and, and, and I believe that, but I, I still am optimistic because, you know, going back to the tax, as far as I know in the UK, eh, the tax will be applicable on products that contain less than 30% recycled material. Yeah. So basically, our whole product range should be exempt from this taxation, which is a good thing. The more demand there will be for recycled material, um, I believe long term that councils, that waste uh, disposal systems, etc., will further invest because it's like urban mining. No, the material uh, there is no waste anymore. It becomes potential valuable material going forward. And if we all make that transition, then we're going towards a circular economy, which is what we're all trying to achieve, right? Yeah, well, let's hope that that mind shift happens. Now, just moving on, this um, great demand for gardening that last year and this year as people are all stuck at home. So from what I'm hearing, that means there's a great demand for your products. What, What are you seeing there? How much has demand gone up and how are you coping with that? From a UK basis, Matt, presumably, yes, or, or, or yeah, globally, yeah. yeah. I mean, certainly on the domestic um, side of things, the demand has, in certain areas has, has really gone through the roof. Uh, we have a category which we uh, we sort of categorise as, as retail, but really it is home propagation, hobby gardening, and it's for, for kits and components that we would sell um, not through the grower, but direct into the retail supply chain. Oh yeah, uh, and that uh, that sector, because uh, as you know, uh, the 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 packet seed sale business this year has exploded, uh, and of course has taken with it the the home propagation range that we produce along with it. Um, I have to say that at this current moment in time, um, the, the the sales outstrip supply because it has really gone much beyond uh, what we would have expected and indeed the customers that we're selling to would have expected. Um, so it's it's a tough cookie to keep up with, but it's a good problem to have, uh, providing we can satisfy the demand out there. It is... It's it's a good news story. I mean, the 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 home gardening, the grow it at home story, uh, just seems to get stronger and stronger, and it really was given such a uh, an impetus by by lockdown. Yeah, and and building on that, in December we added another uh, new thermoformer to the UK operations. Yep. Um, we have more temps in the operations in the UK than ever before. Uh, there is a new scheme at the moment in the UK stimulating uh, companies like us to hire um, young people uh, with with a lot of discount. Uh, so we employed a few of those youngsters at the moment to give them a chance uh, to start. And yeah, at the moment it's all hands on deck. So it's uh, it's a stressful time, but uh, you know it's it, it's good. Uh, I mean we're growing, and and you know at the end of the day that's that's what we like to see. Is it is the demand the same Europe wide? Yes. I mean, if you look at 2020, the UK got hit hard because you guys were very uh, hit hard by by COVID and and the lockdowns. So if we look at 2020, uh, for us, the UK market was the market where we suffered the most. 
Um, I mean, Wouter, correct me if I'm wrong, in Holland, the garden centers in 2020 didn't shut down until what? November, December? Correct. Yeah. So now it's the other way around where uh, Holland, Germany, or other big markets have had a bit more impact uh, of lockdown, but in the quieter months. Uh, but yeah, we see a, a good demand across you know, most of our important countries. Absolutely. Demand is uh, very strong um, all over Europe. And uh, what we see happening right now is that um, um, demand is that strong that it's still difficult for, the, uh, for all the suppliers to, uh, to follow that. Um, basically, what happened last year in, uh, in the UK is that the um, UK was closed pretty much. And uh, so there was much uh, import from abroad. So plant sales from, uh, from Holland, from Belgium, from Germany to the UK was very strong. And, um, and uh, so therefore demand was good, prices were good, everybody was still happy with the year, which is a little bit sound if you cons uh, strange if you consider that it was a very difficult year all in all. But it turned out very well for the growers. And now they are, based on that, very optimistic for this season as well. And they have bought a lot of material and they are growing a lot of material in, with the expectation that more or less the same will happen as last year. So people will buy a lot because they are bound to stay at home or more or less around their homes. They're not traveling. And so business for these kinds of products, not just plants, but there are several others as well, is actually very strong throughout Europe. But it's not all hallelujah, Matthew. I mean, uh, at the moment, we're seeing a massive shortage of raw material. Uh, and incredible increases in prices, uh, something that we haven't seen. I mean, I've been in the plastics industry for uh, for 25 years, I think Wouter even up to 30 years. Uh, but what we're seeing at the moment, it's hard to get sufficient material, particularly virgin, which we hardly use, but also recycled material. It suddenly is like, where is all the stuff? Um, and if we can get it, the prices are going up uh, truckload by truckload. Uh, so unfortunately, we're also uh, uh, forced to pass on some of that increases to our uh, to our customers. That was one thing I was going to bring up. Um, what what sort of uh, impact is this having on prices? Yeah, I mean there there is an impact. I mean, uh, unfortunately, uh, the the increases that we're seeing, which is sometimes 20, 30, 40 percent increases on raw material, uh, you know, we we cannot absorb. Um, so depending on the on the product lines, we're implementing price increases. What Wouter? Five, ten percent? Yeah, it depends a little bit on the on the material. Um, you're absolutely right. It's be anywhere between uh, ten and even up to a hundred percent for uh, for uh, prime materials, which we hardly use. But for some uh, for some product, you also do need a little bit of that. Um, so yes, we 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 push that forward uh, onto the market. And it's something that you see as a, a general issue in the market. It's not, not just on plastics. There is a big demand for a product and there's a shortage, uh, shortage of supply. Brilliant. Okay, well, I, um, I've covered, um, I think we've covered a lot of ground there, but I just wanted to sort of sum up um, what might happen in the future, just getting a word from each of you on where do you think uh, sustainability and plastics in the horticulture industry uh, is going um, over the next few years. So um, does anyone want to kick off with that? 
I mean, we're, we're in a good corner of the market. I mean, uh, nobody really knows what happens when Corona is completely, you know, dealt with. Um, uh, there is uh, at the moment staycation. People have reappreciated uh, their homes, their gardens, their balconies. Um, as Phil alluded to, uh, the whole um, how do you say that reappreciation of growing your own vegetables? I mean, I'm I'm a farmer's son, I and mean, for 20, 30 years it was not cool to grow your own vegetables. Where now it is perceived to be like you know you're a rock star if you do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think from an industry point of view, we're in a, we're in a good angle, and I think what we've done uh, as well to make good plastic products even better, eh, better recyclable, etc. Um, you know, I'm proud of the transition we have done, which was not easy. Um, so I think we're ready for the future. But, you know, I'll, I'll gladly give it to Wouter and Phil to see what their uh, uh, sensation is. Yeah, very, very general. I think this is this will continue. The, uh, the path that we have chosen, we will continue doing that. Also, based on the fact that Europe has um, uh, a target for 2025 to use more recycled material, to uh, use less disturbing materials, etc., etc., the Pact for 25. And as all the countries throughout Europe start to do more and more recycling, they start to get to be more and more ready to use these kinds of recycled products and actually get them back to... Uh, to the the user that makes uh, something new out of it again, so the loop is is getting close uh, closed more and more in the in the years to come. So we keep doing that. On the other hand, there are uh, there's also demand for alternative products. Um, um, we do have some of those products in our in our range as well. Um, t- uh, products such as uh, as fiber products based on. Uh, polylactic acid, uh, so things in the bio range, but that is very small um, piece of what we do and a very particular type of, uh, of market. We foresee the future still um, to be in lightweight, plastic, fully recyclable products. Okay. Yeah, and I, th- I think the other thing as well, Matt, that that is relevant, and 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 as things begin to settle down with with what everybody chooses as far as their their sustainable route, is that you know we have had this period specifically in the UK, but it goes Europe wide. Where do we have grey? Do we have taupe? Do we have black? Do we have terracotta? At the end of the day, if we are going to be able to satisfy the needs of the market, we are going to have to, as an industry, narrow down what we offer. Because, you know, whether it's a warehouse in Holland or in Germany or the UK, it is only of a certain dimension with a certain capacity. And if you go back 18, 24 months, the choices were black or terracotta. And so the division of space for holding stock was was down those two variants. The more variants that we offer and the market is slow to decide which variant they're going to go for, the less stock holding there is of each variant because you can only divide the pie into so many pieces uh, that are going to last for the supply season. Excellent. Okay, well, thank you to Wouter Zeke, 
Jan Wilhelm Veringa and Phil Griffiths from Desh Plant Park. And thanks for listening to the Horticulture Week podcast with Desh Plant Park. Please subscribe at hortweek.com and listen to the full back catalogue of podcasts at hortweek.com forward slash podcasts. And once again, thank you and goodbye for now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.